The Nuggets got deep fried today. What in the world? (laughs) This is On The Rise Podcast, Season 2. Listen now on all major platforms as well as midtownradio.ca weekends at 10 a.m. Welcome your host, Sam Donzik and Evan Brown. Welcome to episode 5 of the On The Rise Podcast, hot out of the oven. The Jazz destroyed the Nuggets by 37 points to take a 2-1 series lead. Is this a one-off or a red flag for the Nuggets? First of all, that one-liner was terrible. They're they're not even based off chicken nuggets, Sam. Oh they're come on, that's a, that's minor. a pretty good that's a pretty good pun. Uh, they, yeah, they got they got fried today uh, by the Jazz. Uh, fine, I'll give it to you. But yes, <laughs> they did get destroyed, and I think honestly, it's gonna be a one-off. I think. I mean, I'm not going to straight up say Nuggets in five or some or Nuggets in six, rather. But it could be possible, in my opinion. I think um, Donovan Mitchell has looked in fantastic in this series so far. And Jamal Murray has not been doing too great. Neither has Nikola Jokic. It's been a tough series for both of them. But honestly, Donovan Mitchell has looked unstoppable so far. And I'm really, really excited to see what he can do for the rest of the series. And honestly, Rudy Gobert, defense has been incredible since COVID has somehow picked it up, even though he's had to go through a lot being obviously the first player to contract it and yeah. started this whole mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I still remember that clip going around of him touching, uh, touching the phones during the post. Oh yeah. The, yeah. The microphones. Yeah. That was so stupid. Like, well, oh he didn't know though. God. He didn't know. Like, he I, didn't... I don't care if you don't know, you know what's going on in the world right now. You don't joke about that stuff. Right? Like I'm not going to go around and be like, what's Oh, that, what's I'm that just going to go what's around and touch phrase? your computer. Karma's a what? <laughs> yeah. Karma's a what now? <laughs> Uh, whatever. Yeah, I think the Jazz. I think the Jazz have a really good chance to win this series. I think Donovan Mitchell has been outstanding, but I wouldn't count the Nuggets out just yet. I think um, Jamal Murray has the ability to have a bit of a clutch gene in him. We've uh, seen him do it before, and I think Nikola Jokic does have a tough matchup against Rudy Gobert. But I think given once he gets his footing a bit, once he figures out uh, Gobert's play style, I think he's gonna find a way to get going. He's gonna probably up his uh, his uh, performance and his efficiency rating and I could easily see him starting to be the M- the MVP we thought he was earlier on in the season because everybody you, you remember before the break yeah. everybody was talking about how Jokic should be the MVP yeah there was some like even 2k simulations were saying mm-hmm. oh Jokic actually is going to be a future MVP and yeah. stuff like that where uh, it you it's hard to imagine a center being an MVP in a sense mm-hmm. but it does make sense because he is such an important part of this Nuggets team. And I think the Nuggets overall are a deeper team than the Jazz. And I think the Jazz, I mean, they do have Mike Conley, which was a good deadline pickup. And I think he's been huge, like you said, dro- uh, dropped 27 in this game. Yep. Um, but I do think the Nuggets, it is a bit of a red flag, uh, just to answer your question there. But I do think it could be a bit of a one-off. I think they, it's going to be a close series for the rest of the way. And I don't know. I'm trying to think of a quick prediction to kind of end it off. I'm going... Jazz and seven. Yeah? Jazz and seven. No, I, I would just... I, I, I don't know, because you have to be on one side of it. It's it's either you're one off a red flag, and for me, it's a red flag, because we see this each year after year with the Nuggets, where they do really good during the regular season, and then the playoff come, come playoff time, they just are not... Like, they're not, they're not terrible, but they do struggle. And when you lose to a team of the, like the, J- the Utah Jazz, who are a really good uh, basketball team, you lose by 37... 
I think it's a bit of a red flag to to point out as well. Like, I know as much as you. Oh, it's a one-off. It's it's one game and stuff. But I do think that it's a bit of a red flag for them to be having some struggles. Because then again, it's two-one. They've now the Jazz have won now two games against the Nuggets, and the Nuggets are supposed to be the favored team. See, the whole thing about 37 points, though, yes, they did beat them by 37, but it's not like it was the best players going at it the entire game. It's just the Jazz went on a bit of a run, and then their bench just had, like, the the garbage time minute players were just a bit better than the other garbage time minute players, so they were ended up scoring more. So, realistically, they only won by 15, 20 points. It really depends, right? Because they could have just been scoring deep, deep into the game. could be just garbage time minutes because I don't think it was... They weren't up by like 40 the entire game. I think it would have been like maybe up 15, 20 and then just garbage time ended up pushing the lead a little bit more, I think. No, but, 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 my, but my point is though is that that's the difference though. It's the bench. The bench is the difference because if if the Jazz... Or no, if the... If the Nuggets starters can't score and the Nuggets bench can't score, then you've got a problem. Yes, you do have a problem there. But what I'm saying is, like, their end of the bench doesn't matter. And I think, like, if you shaved off the garbage time, because nobody really cares about that, it's just G-leaguers playing at the end of the end of the clock, I think it still is, like, yes, it is a 20-point game. Yes, they did blow them out in a sense. They did have a really good game, but I think it wasn't as crazy of a game as most people are putting out to be i think it's just a like it is a good win by the jazz don't get me wrong it is a bit of a beatdown by them but the whole like the, the whole uh, uh hype around like the 37 point win i think that's a bit overrated in my opinion it's it in a in a good world where there is no like garbage time minute players or there is no like give up in teams because realistically that's what garbage time minutes is it's just teams kind of throwing the towel in and saying here have some extra minutes because we don't want to risk getting our starters injured or something like that yeah you see you see it at the time like even like I see it in games and stuff when like the Raptors are up by like twenty like I know what you, I know the point that you're making that like we were, like with five minutes to go and the Raptors are up by like twenty five and they put in all their like they put in Stanley Johnson they put in like a bunch of other garbage like other bench yeah. players and stuff. That they barely play because they're like, well, we're gonna rest our other players. It Stanley makes- Johnson for bubble MVP, by the way. Just saying that, just putting that out there. Uh, Stanley Johnson had a very good bubble. He hit a clutch shot against uh, who was it that he hit the in the round robin. Or not the round robin. But it was the, against the Nuggets. It was against the Nuggets. It was actually. against the Nuggets. Okay, yeah. yeah. Stanley Johnson for bubble MVP. Thank you very much. He had a game winner. All right. Don't don't talk trash on my guy. That is, yeah, that's my guy. Stanley Johnson for MVP. Okay. okay. <laughs> anyways, to wrap up, to wrap up this. Anyways, my final point that what I'm saying is that yes, you can have these garbage time players, and yes, at the end of the game. But the regard of this point is that. The, U- the 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 Denver Nuggets did not play a good basketball game. The Utah Jazz played an excellent basketball game. The numbers are yes. there. They clearly shot the basketball better. Yes. And despite even between the bench or even if the garbage time players scored more points, I still think the Jazz deserve credit. And I do think my prediction, Jazz in six. I, I think Jazz in seven because I do think that this is going to be a lot. Like the rest of the way, the Nuggets aren't going to react to this like poorly they're not going to say okay now we're just done for the rest of the season well, obviously series. they're not, not going to give up yeah no no i think that's why it's going to seven i think the nuggets are going to come back firing and i think game four is going to be really interesting to watch because a guy like jamal murray isn't going to take that one lightly he is going to say okay especially because he has a bit of a ri- like friendly rivalry between him and donovan mitchell uh because they are such good friends i think he's going to come out next game and see the play of donovan mitchell and be like hey you know what i can do that too He's gonna come out and have a really big game. I'm predicting at least 35 points from Jamal Murray in the game. Okay, four you you heard it here first on the On the Rise podcast. <laughs> Jamal Murray drops 35. All right, moving on into some other news. Hot out of the oven, the New York Islanders eliminated the Washington Capitals in five games to advance to the second round. Evan, what was the reason for their loss? 
it was a terrible performance by Braden Holpe, which I kind of predicted going into the series because Braden Holpe has not looked great this season. He does not look like the incredible goaltender we saw in 2018 that could have been. <coughs> I called that too. You called that too? I don't yeah. know about that one. I said I said I said that Braden Holpe has to be good or else they're toast and I was I said that. I'm I think we're going back in the footage after this. We're checking that. <laughs> I think I I think I was the only one that did that. But Either way, Braden Holtby had a terrible series. He did not look sharp. He did not look like the 2018 uh, one that Barry Trotz coached, which there was a lot of talk about the meeting between him and Trotz after the game because obviously former coach, former player, they have a bit of friendly camaraderie there, so they had a bit of a moment that was caught on video after the game. But honestly, Braden Holtby has to be better. Ovechkin played his heart out in this series, as he always does, because Ovechkin never takes a game off. You could one could argue the Capitals had a few injuries here and there. Uh, Backstrom was out for a couple games. That's a tough loss for them, but I think he was back in this game five, and they still couldn't put it together. And I think the New York Islanders, while yes they are a good team, and yes they have had a bit of luck going into these playoffs, I think they've been on a bit of a roll, and that's the reason why they're doing so well. But the Capitals were let down by their goaltender in this series, and I think if Braden Holpe is a bit better, they should have this series by far. I think they have they have on a good day Braden Holpe is a better goaltender than I can't even think of who the Islanders have in net right now. Their defense should be better than them and their offense, you have Ovechkin, man. Yeah. Like that should be better. I know the Islanders have Barzell. I know they have Bovillier, a ton of other guys, but you have Tom Wilson protecting him and you have freaking Alexander Ovechkin. That is yeah. a top tier goal scorer right there. And I mean, he didn't have, he did play his heart out. Yeah. The numbers weren't really there. Like they weren't, Ovechkin desperation levels because we've seen him in the past go out and just score hat trick after hat trick in very very important games but so he kind of had a bit of a step back that could be from age as well he's played a lot of games in his career he is getting older so I he can is see getting possibly older. a uh step down in numbers or a uh, yeah i think decline, i think per I, think, se. I think we will see a decline uh in the coming years but it'll be not, it'll hopefully he still uh, reaches a goal i can't remember how many points he's at but he is getting up there in the points race trying to catch yager and gretzky for most points all time it'll be tough but uh most points and goals i believe it's going to mm. be tough but he's definitely got a chance uh but he's going to have to pick up his production man like he clearly didn't have the uh, master class of a series that we thought he was going to have and like like I was saying before Braden Holpe didn't step up the team didn't step up and when you are a for, uh, former Stanley Cup champion from two years ago you need big time plays from your big time players and their big time players didn't show up in this series and that's why they lost to the Islanders which, yeah I would, I would definitely agree. I, I wouldn't pin it so much on one player but I think it was overall you win it's the whole phrase of like you win as elite you win as a team and you lose as a team but I do think that Braden Holpe was one of the main reasons why they lost because they had poor goaltending. Alexander Vetchkin didn't step up. Nicholas Backstrom didn't step up. There was a few key players. Well, it's when hard for him to step up when he's injured for most of the games. I think he was playing game one and game five. Okay. Well, I didn't know that, but <laughs> good to know now. Anyways, as I was saying, if your big players don't step up, when you're paying them big money, they should they should be able to step up. And yes. if they don't step up, then that's probably the reason why they lost. And, and I did say, okay, just fact check this. I did. Say, I didn't say Braden Holby was gonna be the reason, like that he was gonna be poor goaltending like that. But I did say if he did perform poorly, they would have a tough chance against the series because they're gonna rely on him a lot. So <laughs> fine, I'll I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. You on give that it one. to me. Okay, that's but nice. Of you. Either, either way, the Islanders the Islanders clearly wanted it more in this series, yeah. and the Capitals just kind of folded in the end. But I think the Islanders the Islanders are an interesting team to me because 
originally I didn't see them going very far because I knew they were going to have to get through teams like the Capitals. They got and who knows who they got the rest of the way if the Bruins will step up or who knows what will come for the following rounds. But I think it's going to be a tough road for the Islanders. And to me, they are lacking stuff that like they're lapping that lacking that championship DNA that we're always talking about, which the rap like just like it's tough to compare sports. But obviously, like the Raptors, you saw with Kawhi, he had that championship DNA and that really brought the team forward and it brought them to the championship. And now you see it carrying over to now uh, this year where they have that championship DNA. They have the confidence going into the playoffs. The Capitals had that advantage in this series. They had the championship DNA from two years ago. They, for some reason, didn't bring it out in themselves. They didn't bring out the Stanley Cup champion in them. And the Islanders ended up beating them, which, granted, is a fair accomplishment for the Islanders because they haven't had that type of experience. Yes, they've made it deep in some playoff rounds, but they don't have that confidence going into the playoffs because they know they're going to run into some pretty tough teams. Either way, it's going to be... It's going to be hard road for the Islanders, and I'm not sure... They have gained a bit of my confidence that they can go far, but right now I'm still a bit iffy on if they're not... If if they are a true contender or not for this for this Stanley Cup, because it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a, uh, one like we've seen never before because of all this bubble action, but... I think I think they have a chance. I think they aren't a full contender in my mind, but they definitely have a chance moving forward if they can beat a team like the Washington Capitals who have that championship DNA from a few years ago. Well, we have to see uh, what happens with the New York Islanders and uh, see how far they progress. Alrighty, that wraps up our hot out, of the, hot out of the oven segment regarding the Jazz destroying the Nuggets by 37 points and the New York Islanders eliminating the Washington Capitals in five games. Moving on over to a new segment that we like to call What If, and it's probably pretty popular around the sports shows, but we kind of look back at different sports movies, sports moments, and uh, kind of talk about what if they didn't happen. So on today's episode... Or did happen. Or did happen. We're talking about what if Deflategate never happened, and how would Brady's image be changed? You're up to go first. So, like... If Deflategate never happened, like say there was no, there there was going to be many innuendos here, and I am going to try to tiptoe around all of them about Deflategate, but it is going to be difficult. But if if there never was the scandal about Deflategate, Tom Brady deflating footballs, or like the uh, the team as a whole, because I don't think it was just Brady. Obviously, I think there was many other pieces involved in that. But because of the whole Deflategate, it really tarnished Brady's career, and to me, uh, it did tarnish like. And my image of Tom Brady is always going to be scarred now because I see him as, okay, yes, he is a big time champion, won so many different trophies, so many different rings. But at the same time, there was that scandal that he did cheat. And that it's similar to the Astros where that's been the talk. It's been, okay, they are a great team, but there's also this scandal going on. They also did cheat pretty evidently. And we don't know if that continued or was already happening for past years. We don't know the exact, like, because before Deflategate came out, we have no idea. This could have been happening for years. We would have no idea if Tom Brady did this for the past few seasons before this or the past few, like the few seasons after. We have no idea. Maybe. I think we would have noticed maybe per se. Like I think some teams would have noticed. Be like, hey, this football feels a little bit underflated. And I think it totally does in like not to cross, <laughs> speak over your point or anything, but I do think that it changes – it totally tarnishes his career. And I think for him it, it was a big like – like it was a big, it really tarnished his career. I'm really struggling for words. It tarnished his career in a negative way, and it affected the way that he was perceived by fans. Oh, for and sure. And by, by for football sure. fans as well to say, okay, if Tom Brady can cheat, 
or can get away with this, who else can? Or like just yeah. because he's Tom Brady, you know, everyone's assuming that because he's like the New England star quarterback, he was winner of multiple championships. He he was able to get through it, able to get uh, by this, and obviously Robert Kraft, who's a very famous owner in the NFL as well, who was able to get by this and stuff. And I think it does totally tarnish his career. And I think for him, it was very hard on him, I think, as well. For yeah, like- for sure, for sure. It was very tough on it, uh, him because of all like the rumors going around and all people calling him every different thing. Hey, yeah. social media is a terrible place for that type of stuff. There's yeah. so many so many angry Patriots fans, so many angry NFL fans. But I was just like looking at this as a whole, uh, a lot of times players who got, got caught cheating won't make it into prestigious places like the Hall of Fame. You look at Pete Rose with his whole gambling for gambling, betting on games and stuff like that. He's not in the Hall of Fame for baseball. You look at a lot of different PED suspensions. Some of the yeah. great players, especially in baseball, who use PEDs aren't being nominated into the Hall of Fame. For me, it's tough because the deflate gate is a very big cheating scandal and it is tough on Tom Brady's career because it does tarnish it. And you have, like I was saying before, you have no idea whether it was happening prior or if it was, if it was happening after he, who knows how long he could have been doing this. Right. So do you think, cause in my mind, it, it could prevent him from getting into the hall of fame. So, so what you're saying is that does this, does this scandal prevent it? Like, well, let's say for example, when he retires in three years or two years, maybe, yeah. maybe even after this year, depending on how you see I was going to say, and then they, when he's like, when he's year. like, cause I think it's after five years that you can now, that you can then be, you have to be retired for five years to get yeah. uh, elected. So let's say, or he'd be now he's 43. So it'd be 48, 49, something like that. Yeah. yeah. He'd be 48, 49 old. around then. Let's say it's like about 50. So he's 50 years old, you know, living in Tampa per se, or wherever he's living. It makes sense. You know, he's an old, <laughs> makes living sense. Tampa. Limping in Tampa at 50, not about it. Um, and he gets, you know, he goes up for the ballot. In my mind, I think, like, I don't know how to per se, like, I don't know how to act and say, like, if I was one of the people that would vote on him. Because without this one, th- you can't forget also, there was also, like, Spygate. Yep, there was there was so many different Deflate Gate. And then there was, no, Deflate Gate was one game, per se. Like, it wasn't over, like, a yeah. season or anything like that. But then again, it, we it also was, don't it was, know. It was a huge playoff game as well, which then yes. led to, I believe, a Super Bowl win at that year. I think so, too. So, so like, and they did, and the thing is, they he did get punished for it, obviously, but like, it's like, okay, you got punished for it after, but they still won the Super Bowl. So, in your moment as well, and I do think, like, to your point as well, I think that in my mind, I think it would probably possibly prevent him from getting to, he wouldn't be, he would maybe not be considered a first ballot Hall of Famer anymore. He might be a second ballot Hall of Famer. It's really hard to tell because it is. it's really it hard is. to tell because it's like it's one minor moment in a almost perfect career of Tom Brady. See, in my mind, I'm looking at this. Say I have say we have the ballots in front of us right now. Yeah. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the career of Tom Brady. I'm looking at all his accolades, all the stats, all the incredible numbers he's put up mm. over his career. And there was a lot of talk about uh, especially when they were talking about signing uh, him in the offseason like take the name off the number uh, take the name off the back of the jersey just look at him as a quarterback with stats as he's gotten older he has like been washed yeah been washed but if you just if you take the name off the jersey and just look at the raw numbers that Tom Brady has put up in his career plus the two scandals in my mind I can't look at this player and say okay you have two scandals already that are pretty well known that have, you have been involved with who knows what else he could have gotten away with over his career right because Let's be real. Yes, Tom Brady is a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He has put incredible numbers up. He is an incredible quarterback. But 
At the same time, he's already had two pretty evident cheating scandals to his name. Yeah. Who knows if there could have been extra ones in like, there? Yeah, like Sp- Spygate wasn't really his. It was more the team per se, but also he was... But it does benefit he, him. It does benefit him. And also as well, to like something that was more not as commonly known as... It was something minor in the news is I think it was between... It was a Patriots... It was a Patriots like staffer. He was at a Bengals game, I think it was. And he was getting some video, and it was like Spygate 2.0 question mark. Yeah. So there's been a lot of fishy stuff with the Patriots, and I think that those scandals have benefited Tom Brady as well. I think the NFL has been very generous to him as well. Like even if you look back, even to for all the way back 2001 with the Tuck rule, that whole thing, and like oh, yeah. how would that would have changed. Oh, yeah. So in my mind, I think the NFL has been very gracious to Tom Brady with his yes, rulings they and everything. Have. They definitely have. And because have. he's the face of the NFL, he's he's becoming he's not becoming the he is the face of the NFL. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are the new face of the NFL. And I do think that with these scandals of Deflategate, Spygate, and everything else, I think in my mind it does change. It obviously changes his image, and it changes to a negative aspect of his like playing career. And I think if I'm looking at that. It's hard to tell if I can say, yeah, he's worthy to be in Canton. See, like, as, as much as I don't want to say that because, like, without knowing, if we didn't know about this, and, like, obviously, if, if it didn't happen, these two scandals, I think easily he'd be a first-time oh, yeah. Hall of Famer. 100%. 1,000% he goes down in history as the greatest quarterback of all time if these two things are never brought up. But yeah. because these two things have been brought up and because who knows what else could have happened because Tom Brady has had many different rumors thrown out about him, mm-hmm. I think because of that possibility, in my mind, I can't... I can't put him into the Hall of Fame. I like it's the same thing for me with Pete Rose in baseball. You look at him betting on games where that didn't or sorry, it's not the same thing between Pete Rose and baseball is what I was trying to say. Because yeah. Pete Rose was is been tabooed out of the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. because he had he was che- uh, well, he wasn't cheating at all. He was just betting on games. Yes, he was betting on some of his own games, but at the same time he wasn't cheating like he wasn't yeah. he wasn't using performance enhancing drugs nope. even though they probably were at that time because that was very prevalent during mm-hmm. that time period but he wasn't changing the game at all he wasn't benefiting himself he was just a good player he was just trying own. to make a little extra money on the side exactly he was just trying to make a little extra money so in my mind if That's i'm looking at yeah exactly you got to get that extra cash you know got to get that extra bread and i think in my mind he is p-roll should be in the hall of fame and with a guy like Tom Brady who had two cheating scandals that were pretty evidently benefiting his career involving not only one but two championships potentially, yeah. in my mind, that can't be in the Hall of Fame. You don't want to – if you're an NFL media personnel or whoever yeah. votes on the votes I think, on the I think ballot, it's, the, it's the media personnel plus other – Plus other yeah, executives, yeah, executives and stuff and like that. Stuff, yeah. If I'm looking at that and say, okay, do we want a guy who has potentially multiple cheating scandals – in our Hall of Fame. What does that do to our legacy and say, okay, we have all these great football players. All they've they've done, they've had perfect careers, they've mm-hmm. had amazing stats, they've been important to their team, they have been they've been outstanding people. And now we have this one guy who, while is a great quarterback, he also is a bit tarnished. He's been cheating. Who knows what else he could have done? He clearly was trying to use some extra strategy to get himself up in the world. In my mind, if Deflate the Gate never happened, he is a perfect quarterback. He is a guy that is easily getting into the Hall of Fame, first ballot, no question, go down as one of the best quarterbacks of all time. But because Deflategate did happen, you have to consider that in the ballot. And I don't I don't know if it's going to be enough to keep him off the ballot, but it's definitely going to be something in, in uh, NFL personnel minds as they're voting on it. And I think that does kick him off the ballot a little bit because in my mind, you don't want to have a cheater in the Hall of Fame. You just can't. It, it'll tarnish everything. 
And I think to that point as well, I think the NF, I think mostly a lot of the Hall of Fames between the different sports, there's always a lot of been a lot of questions with regarding what is their legacy and like who they allow in and what they allow to come in. And I think if they allow this to come in, if they allow Tom Brady to come into the Hall of Fame with these two scandals that benefited his career hugely in a, in a in a big way, then I think that the I would say not the I'm looking for the with the credibility of the like of being a Hall of Fame player just goes down. Because oh, then yeah. you're gonna let you're gonna 100%. let anybody in. You're gonna yeah. let anybody in. You could yeah. let. I'm trying to think of a player who wasn't in the Hall of Fame, uh, who had some skill. Like you, you, like Terrell, like like Chad Ocho Cinco could go, go yeah. in the Hall of Fame then yeah. at that yeah. point. So in that point, it just totally ruins the credibility of the Hall of Fame. And I don't think, and I think this is gonna be a moment to consider when they are considering him to be, you know, like five oh, or so years. For sure. It's, it's gonna for be sure. something that's gonna be a talking point. That's gonna. It's come gonna back be up. a major talking point between any NFL person. That like it's gonna be it's gonna be massive. Alrighty, that wraps up our segment. What if of uh, what if Deflate Gate never happened? Moving on over into another new segment uh, of the podcast. We have Hall of Fame moments, and these are moments where we look at of uh, different players' careers and how they define them and or how they defined a possibly uh, possible Hall of Fame career. Um, obviously Odell Beckham Jr. has been a receiver for a number of years, and he's been pretty average and pretty Boring. I didn't say pretty boring, pretty average the past few years. He's been up and down for he's sure. Been, he's been up and down, but obviously a number of years ago during uh, when he was on the Giants, I believe it was 2014 when he was playing against the Cowboys. Yes, it was, 20, it was, 20, it was 2014 sadly. against your Cowboys. He made an insane one-handed catch with three fingers. Um, so the question I ask you, without this catch, is he just an average receiver? Like in regards to if he could, if he goes down to continue to have an up and down career, but he still somehow makes into the Hall of Fame per se. Like let's say he might win a championship or like, or maybe yeah. like say. Because he has pretty, he has become very well known because of these. Yeah, catches. he's well, he's well known because he catches. So without this catch, is he just an average receiver? I think 100%. I think he is without his ability to have the acrobatic skills to pull off a one-handed catch that he has perfected. Well, yeah, sorry. He has perfected yeah, over yeah. his career and has done on multiple different occasions in multiple clutch situations. He has very uh, he has built his brand off that and I think that's great for him. I think building your brand off something that is unique to the game and a unique skill you have, great for him. He has that's how he's getting his money right now. Yeah. It's because he is a very unique wide receiver, but without this catch he is very much just an average receiver. His numbers, yes, are good, but at the same time, he is just your everyday run-of-the-mill receiver, in my opinion. He runs his routes pretty pretty well, yeah. but still pretty average for what a wide receiver should be making the kind of money that he is making. And I think the only reason he gets all the money he, he does is because he has that ability to be a uh, high-profile guy that can make those big catches, that can be acrobatic, and... In my opinion, Odell shouldn't get as much money as he should because he is a very high-profile guy. He does have, he has had a lot of different things going on in his life over the past few years that have been a bit tough yeah. uh, to look at a guy and say, "Hey, okay, I want to sign him." But because he does have this unique ability to have uh, the acrobatic skills and the hand-eye uh, hand coordination to make these one-handed catches, has really benefited his career a lot. And honestly. Without his unique unique talent to pull off this type of a catch and his ability to be a pretty average receiver, if he was if he was not able to make these catches and if he was not 
as fast as I think. If he was like a Julio Jones, more like just like a regular. Yeah, if he was more of a Julio Jones, I because of how many scandals he's been on, because of how high profile he is, because of his uh, his personality, he's his personality, he's a type A personality guy. And I don't think like with his type A personality and with everything else going around in his life and over the past few years, background stuff. I think it's tough for a team to sign, like, to give him the money that he's making right now because he is making crazy money, uh, mm-hmm. especially by even by NFL standards because yeah. NFL does make crazy money. But uh, I mean, MLB does make more, but still, <laughs> still, NFL does make crazy money. And to me, without his unique, unique talent, Odell Beckham Jr. is just a regular, regular receiver that has a very high, pers- uh, high Type A personality that could turn some teams away from signing him. I think, honestly, I would definitely agree. I think without, if, if he did not have this catch, he would be more like an Antonio Brown to me. He's a type A personality guy. He's a... That is a very good take. That is a very, very good take. I, I was trying to think of the right guy for that. He's, a, he's basically Antonio Brown then because he's got yeah. a type A personality. He's a big problem around the teams. He's a yep. big personality. He, he got a, he, the reason why he left the Giants is because he was a problem. He was having issues on and off the field. And, his, and a huge point as well is that I remember a number of years ago after maybe it was like 2015, 2016, Odell made, even during that year, I remember going to school and playing football, and I could do the phrase Odell me was the most common phrase. Get, oh, yeah. Like, back me oh, up yeah. and, like, saying, oh, saying yeah. Odell me, Odell me. You know why? Because he made that insane one hand catch, and we were trying to imitate that. So many kids around the world were trying to imitate that one handed catch where he made that insane catch against the Cowboys, as much as it sucks for you, but yes. it was an insane catch. <laughs> and so many p- fans knew that as him, and I think if he didn't have that catch, who would Odell Beckham be? Like, who, yeah. who would be? He, he would, would be, just be an Antonio Bound. You're so right. Yeah, I never, I never. I was trying to find the right player for that. You said Julio Jones earlier, and I was like, eh, maybe. Antonio Brown is such a good example because, like you said, type A personality guy, so much other background stuff that really deters teams from signing him, yep. makes a lot of money, over, has made a lot of money over his mm-hmm. career, and has a, I mean, Antonio Brown doesn't have that unique talent like Odell no, does. No, that's, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, Antonio Brown is still a very good player. Like mm-hmm. outside, of, outside of everything going around in his life, Antonio Brown is a good football player. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Everything about him is a good football player, except for the fact that he has a type A personality. He is very high profile, very prolific in the media, very and a lot of different stuff going on in the background that teams do not want in their locker room or going on around the team. And I think I totally I totally agree with that. Odell is without that one handed catch, without all the all the different uh, stunts around his move and his unique talent. He is just an Antonio Brown type player. And I don't I don't know if he'd be in the league right now. I honestly don't know if he'd be in the league right now. I think some team would have him, yes, but I don't know if he's. At, I don't think he's an all star as much as he has been. Oh yeah, Pro Bowler, yeah. Or Pro say, Bowler, yeah. yes. Sorry, Pro Bowler. <laughs> um, good, yeah. Either way, I like. Yeah, I don't see him as a as great of a receiver without his catching catching ability. And I think that's where he basically differs from why he's still in the league over Antonio Brown. Like Antonio Brown has yeah. some serious issues. He's yeah. had some like obviously yes. <laughs> he uh he has some much more serious issues than Odell. Yes. But I do think that bottom line, Odell is a good football player, but he's got too many personality issues yeah. where he is just like he can catch the football and he can run regular routes, but because of all these extra Person, like the type A personality and the extra issues that he's having on and off the field, he's creating this like attention around himself. 
And I do think that's gonna that's a problem for him, and that's similar to Antonio Brown, where he's creating these huge problems for himself on and off the field, where he's no longer in the league. Because if Antonio Brown had made the one-handed catch, then maybe he'd still be in the league. But Odell Beckham Jr. is in the league because a lot of young fans adore him, and they are buying his jerseys. And teams are like, say, "Oh, we can money, make a lot of money. money. We can make money because he's still on a team, so he's still making." Now he's playing for the Cleveland Browns right now, who are yes. a bad team. Yes. And the reason why he's on the Browns is because he's not doing well. If he yes. was doing well, he'd be on the Patriots or the Seahawks or like a more or like the Rams or well, not the Patriots the anymore. They don't really the Patriots, matter. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying before that, and I do think that without this catch, he is an average Joe. And I do think that there's better receivers out there: Michael Thomas, oh, yeah. Julio easily, Jones, easily, um, DK Metcalf, who's coming up, CD Lamb, or no, well, CD Lamb's a rookie, but CD Lamb, he's gonna be, he's gonna be <laughs> he a really good be. player. Yeah, no, CD Lamb, I do think is gonna be a cheat code. Like he's I gonna be a cheat too. code. From I've, just I've the used videos. Him, I've used him in Madden. I, he's on my Madden Ultimate Team. Like, I got the rookie Oh, yeah, turn. yeah, yeah. Yeah, 93 old man, he's a, like, he is a oh, cheat code, man. I've seen so many videos. I've seen, watched every single video from Cowboys practice. He looks elite, man. With Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, I'm liking the Cowboys this season, man. I'm, the, the Cowboys could I'm actually win some I'm, games. I'm, I'm, they could actually they, win some games this year. We could make the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. It's a bit of an accomplishment, I know. <laughs> but we could actually make the playoffs. You heard it, you heard it here first. <laughs> the Cowboys could make the playoffs, and I am never been more happy because the Cowboys have a chance. Anyways, that wraps up our new segment for Hall of Fame moments regarding Odell Beckham Jr.'s one-handed catch versus the Cowboys. Alrighty, moving on over into the last uh, topic of today. This is a new topic. Well, it's similar, but it's called hot takes. And today, Evan has a hot take about the Minnesota Timberwolves getting the first overlook. He has not told me about what the hot take is. So this is the first time I am hearing this about what is this hot take, and I'm going to re- react purely with my attention. Sam, when you think of the Minnesota Timberwolves, what do you think of? Uh, crappy organization. Correct. Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, when, uh, when <laughs> yeah, Carl, yeah, Cat, yeah, Carl Anthony Towns. Correct. Yeah. Crappy organization. Carl Anthony Towns just got D'Angelo Russell. Great. What else do they have? No longer Andrew Wiggins. Great. What else do you have? Nothing. So we have to build up the team, all right? There have been so many rumors about Devin Booker, right? There's been so many rumors. Oh, sign him in free agency. Well, he's not being a free agent for any time soon. Go out and trade him. What are you going to give up? Ladies and gentlemen, I have your answer right here. First overall pick, Devin Booker, straight up, do it right now. Hmm. Just do it. Because looking at the draft board, right? Yes, you have guys like Anthony Edwards up there, LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman. (laughs) LaMelo Ball, (laughs) <laughs> we're not going to get even into LaMelo Ball no. right now. But those top three guys are supposed to be the top three overall picks in the draft, no matter what order. I think this year's draft, ironically, is one of the closest ones for who could go first overall because usually there is a very prolific star or a prolific guy that is going to go number one. Without March Madness year, this year, I think it's a very close race between all these top uh, top players. So we don't really know who could go number one. But between the top three guys, Anthony Edwards is a shooting guard who probably will play a bit more point guard as well. Uh, LaMelo Ball is a tall point guard, but plays mostly point guard. You want to uh, he, he wants to be a more ball handling type guy. And the number three guy is James Wiseman. And if I'm looking at that list, James Wiseman as a center, you already have Carl Anthony Towns. You're not going to go for another center because it's pointless at that point. You're not going to become lob city of old days. No. Uh, and you already have a good point guard in D'Angelo Russell. What do you do? You need wings. 
you go out, get, trade the first overall pick to a struggling Suns team who have been looking to build up, uh, build for the past few years. Yes, they have been liking the play of Devin Booker, but they already have a good center. And they pick, I think, 10th or something like that this draft. They're not going to get the type of player I think they want. So if I'm the Suns, and because I'm already looking to rebuild, I think you go for that. You go for you keep your 10th overall pick. You see what you can get with that. But you're going to get a top player if you can get that number one overall pick. And that can help you at any position. Like LaMelo Ball, they could easily use a point guard. I think they have Ricky Rubio right now, who's getting... I think they have Ricky Rubio anyways. He's getting older. He's going to yeah, be out Ricky of the Rubio. Eventually. I remember when Ricky Rubio was on the Jazz and the Timberwolves. Yes. That's when he was young. Yes. It was, I remember playing with him on 2K and he was like young Ricky oh, Rubio on 2K14. Ricky Rubio was actually a bit underrated back in those yeah, days. On the, yeah, he but, was, yeah. But I think anyways, he, is yeah. get, he is getting up there in yeah, age definitely. and he could... Easily mentor a young point guard like a Lamelo Ball or a uh, Anthony Edwards. He could probably Edwards. straighten him out a few times as well to exactly. kind of get to get him bring exactly. him down, bring him down to work. And what yeah. and what the Timberwolves need right now is a wing. The Timberwolves have been asking to bring the trio back together of Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, and Devin Booker because they're three really great friends. They talk all the time. You see them a lot on social media and doing whatever. I think if you're the Timberwolves, you take this number one overall pick that you have been blessed with because they won the lottery and they had a much less chance than a lot of other teams. The Knicks kind of got screwed over again, which I thought was hilarious. And the Knicks never have a good luck. Like no, anytime. they never do. And I think they, I don't know if they try to move up in the draft. I don't even know what the, you do as a Knicks fan right now because the Knicks are in shambles. But if you're the Minnesota Timberwolves, I say you take this number one overall pick move it for Devin Booker, maybe see if you can get an extra piece out of there, and boom, you now have your top three trio for the next few years, and the Suns are like, hey, guess what? Now we have LaMelo Ball or something like that, a point guard. He's going to pair well with DeAndre Ayton. Now we have a point guard center combo. We just fill out the rest of our team, and boom, there you go. Uh, they have already loved the play of Miles Bridges so far at the wing as well uh, over in Phoenix, and I think that could be a good fit as well with a LaMelo Ball, who is a taller point guard who could easily pass the ball around, shoot a little bit. I think it's a good move for both sides. I think I don't know. What are your thoughts? Honestly, when I when I hear the word hot take, it's usually like okay, it's like something that's maybe like I do get a bit crazy with my hot takes. Yeah, like you know, no, no, no. But I'm saying when usually when you say the word hot take, it's like okay, it's usually something like stupid or dumb. Like it's like it's really dumb. But this is honestly, this makes 100 percent sense to me. This okay, makes sense thank to you. me. Thank you. This thank makes you, sense you. to me because. Yes, it would be crazy to trade away the first overall pick if you have that. I was gonna say, that, when has that ever happened? That's where that's where the hot take comes in. But to get Devin Booker, who also has win eight no in the bubble, didn't make the playoffs, which was kind of sad. Should have been MVP, but should have been MVP. Damian Lillard, but, you give yeah, you Damian give Lillard, credit. yeah, because he gets playoffs. But I honestly think that Devin Booker right now has shown his his true talent that he has as a player. And I think that the Minnesota Timberwolves look at that and say, okay, we're gonna trade you the number one, number one overall pick. We'll get Devin Booker. You can have the number one over pick. You can pick LaMelo Ball. You can, you know, pair yeah. him with that. And I think that totally makes sense. It would work out better. We can start to see an improvement in Minnesota then. Yeah, I think I think at a hundred, uh, but for both sides even, like Phoenix is going to love getting the first overall pick because they who missed. Wouldn't, who wouldn't love I, the I first overall say, pick? Who wouldn't? Yes, you do lose Devin Booker, which the fans have really been invested in. I think that's going to be the toughest part for them, yeah. moving on from Devin Booker, who has been so prolific for them. But at the same time, you're looking at this saying, okay, we get the best pick that we can possibly get we already have the 10 pick later on if we do have to give it up that would be, that would be tough but if we now have the first and 10th overall pick we've already loved the play of deandre hayden bridges really looked good in the bubble and he really stepped up uh uh when it came to pushing them to eight and no they made a good run for the playoffs when nobody thought they would yeah and I think that is mostly to, due to the play of Devin Booker. But mm -hmm. if you can take your two picks in this draft, including that first overall pick, 
that would be pretty good to set yeah, up the rest of your lineup. Tenth, you said as well. They picked yes, first they, I think yeah. they pick like something like tenth or something like yeah. that. So you could easily set up the rest of your lineup that way. You have okay, you already have a good small forward, good center. Okay, all you need is a guard or two, and then maybe a power. Yeah, forward, they, because they, like they, they 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 still have DeAndre Aiden at center, who's still yeah, a beast. So they still have a, they they have a top tier center yeah. right now. They have a up and coming young small forward slash power forward that could easily be a very good player for them. Who had uh, ridiculous numbers in the bubble. It would suck to give up Devin Booker, but he. Kinda, I think, once a bit out because he kind. Like, I, I did you see the Draymond Green video about him? Uh, he was like, yes, he was a, yes, yeah, which he was, was he ridiculous. Was, he was on NBA TNT, and then he's like, yeah, like they they, they need to get my man out of like uh, out of Phoenix, whatever. And then was, and then Ernie's uh, like, are you tampering? Is like maybe. And then he got hit with a fine. Yeah, too. he did. He did. He did get hit with the fine, which I thought was hilarious because it was definitely deserved. It was a long time coming for Green. He said some crazy stuff ever since he's been on that show with TNT because uh, he's been doing that. He did that for the bubble, right? Because yeah, yeah. Because they were just like, hey, well, because the what? Warriors weren't in the playoffs this year. Yeah, Warriors weren't in the playoffs this year. So you know what? We need more Warriors content. Just throw Draymond Green on the broadcast because who knows? We love hearing his opinion, which nobody ever does. Yeah, I would. Like ra- I would rather Green. have Steph Curry up there or Clay Thompson. I was gonna say anybody else but Draymond Green. Yeah. Nobody likes Draymond Green. Not even Warriors fans. No. Name one person. I can't think of anybody who likes Draymond Green. Like it makes no sense to me. He is a rough and tumble player that just gets under your skin. Like I mean. Yeah. You got to give credit where credit is due because it is like you got to like the Brad Marchands of the world that just get under your skin. They know what they're doing. They yeah. try to do that. That's that's that that's their personality. That's that's the way he exactly. does things. Exactly. It, it would be the same as Patrick Beverly. Patrick or Beverly. Patrick is Beverly this, yeah, Patrick yes. Beverly. Is similar. Now he's not as bad as Draymond Green per no. se. But like he, Patrick he does, Beverly just talks trash a yeah. lot. Like Whereas he doesn't, Draymond he Green doesn't just like kicks stupid. people in the nuts and stuff. That's exactly. Yeah. I remember that yeah. video. He's done it multiple times to Stephen Adams, especially. Uh, it is, it is, it is mind-boggling to me that they let Draymond Green on that show. And I think they should have fined him a bit more, honestly, because for what he's making right now, that I think it was like a five K fine or something like that. That's like <laughs> a, buying a coffee for him. Yeah. Uh, I think easily, easily, Devin Booker is going to want out of Phoenix. Yep. They have been they have been trying to build talent around him for the past few years. They did get DeAndre Ayton. He had that whole uh, PED suspension that he kind of got over. He's still been looking good. They've been trying to build around him. I just don't think it's working. I think he's had enough, and I think, hey... I want to go play with my friends in Minnesota that looking to get that are probably going to get bought out by Kevin Garnett or somebody that's uh, looking to buy them because I think they got put up yeah, for sale did they, recently. Did they, did, yeah, they did get put up for sale recently. So you're looking at an evolving organization that's trying to move forward in the world. They're trying to make some changes because their fans haven't been happy ever since Kevin Garnett left. I think you say, okay, do a ridiculous trade, first overall pick, Devin Booker straight up. And you may throw a second round pick in there if you want on either side. Maybe uh, per se. D- it depends, just has a kind of as extra incentive. But you could easily just do first overall pick, Devin Booker straight up. Works out for both sides. I don't see I don't see I don't see a team refusing this. I mean you could if you're the Suns, you could say this, okay, we've been trying to build this guy up for a while. We might not it'll be tough for him, for us to get rid of him, but that first overall pick, you already have the tenth, two top 10 picks in one draft that in a draft that looks pretty dang good in comparison i don't know man i think that i think out of all my hot takes this is the most realistic one because <laughs> yes. Yes, it, it, it is, is yeah. a crazy idea because it is such a blockbuster trade you never it, it is almost law to not trade the first overall pick yeah but that does work out for both sides and mm-hmm. you've been trying to bring this trio together you finally have the trade piece they both both sides want it. I think you make it happen, man. I think it should happen. I think I think there's a pretty good chance of it happening. Although because of the taboo around trading the first overall pick, because the Suns are so attached to Devin Booker, it might be a bit tough. But 
if the GMs take a look at it and say, hey, it benefits both sides uh, because we're missing a lot of positions right now and that's just the way the NBA is going, you want to fill out positions. I don't know, man. I think first overall pick for Devin Booker sounds really good. Well, we have to see. We will have to see what happens for sure. Already, that rips up this segment of hot takes regarding Evan's hot take regarding the Minnesota Timberwolves getting the first overall pick. That wraps up this episode of season two of the On the Rise podcast. You should follow Instagram at Rise Podcast, listening on MidtownRadio.ca, and visit our website, OnTheRisePodcast.ca. We will see you on Wednesday.